Hey, what do gamers and musicians have in common? Their fans are super noisy. <laughs> hey, shh! Alright, hello, and welcome to Not Another Needless Sequel. I am your once and future host, Kane. So as this is the first episode, I do want to tell those of you listening kind of what our whole deal is. I have always been passionate about movies my entire life, and one thing that's always come up in my life is I imagine sequels to movies that have no sequels. Um, they're not always good, not always serious. Sometimes they're crazy, sometimes they're ridiculous, sometimes they change the genre completely. We're going to talk about different movies, uh, review the movies, play some games, and ultimately propose a sequel to the films that we watch. And we would like for viewers, or excuse me, listeners, to vote on which sequel idea they think is better, or even propose one that you think beats both of ours. Um, if a sequel is ever correct, this podcast will become the official podcast of that movie. But as of today, I have with me my wife, Kelsey. I'm Kelsey. Kelsey will be my co-host as we discuss Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh, from 2010, this film is based on the graphic novel series uh, called Scott Pilgrim. So first, what would you rate it? 4.6 out of 5. A 4.6? Listen, I know you gave it a 5. Get, get out it's of here. It's a 5 out of 5? No, it's a 4.6. That's above a 90. Where did it lose points? Do the math. It's a 92. Where did it lose points? I just don't like Scott, honestly. <laughs> He's kind of a jerk. Okay. And uh, it loses a point for that. Or point one, right? Okay. Maybe point two. Okay. It loses something for... A little bit of the cheesiness that goes along with it. Like, I love the cheesiness, but, you know, it just had some, some points. I feel like, I mean, if you multiply that out of 100, it's a 92. What'd you give it? It's a 5 out of 5. One of the greatest movies of all time. One of the greatest movies of all time. Well, your list is askew. No. Okay. Well, I mean, let's talk through the movie. So the movie starts off. It is introducing the members of the band. They are talking about Scott dating a new girl, Knives. Yeah. She's Knives uh, Chow. Knives Chow. She's a high school girl. I believe Kim says to him, what are you now, Scott, like 28? So you've been out of high school for like 13 years? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, listen, they're making fun of him, but rightfully so. He's 22, dating a not even 18-year-old. It's, it's a little weird. It's a little weird, for sure. I mean, I, I see where they're coming from. I'm glad that the people in the movie didn't make her younger than that. I mean, in reality... The actress is older by three years, or was older, you know, I mean, is always older, I guess, than Michael Sarah by three years, but, you know. But for the frame of the story, like, glad she wasn't like, I'm 15, like. Yes, which. Yeah. I believe that the movie does follow pretty closely along the lines of the comics, um, which I read most of them a long time ago. I may be forgetting things here and there which knives then shows up to the door her introduction is pretty funny as she's meeting everybody like she 
sits down next to Neil and she's like asking him what he plays for the band and he's just like oh you know Tetris Zelda <laughs> it's kind of a big question <laughs> but then they they go into them playing uh-huh. and that's awesome the I music think it's, I think it's awesome uh my one comment is did you see how many speakers they had hooked up I didn't in and particular. all the amps and stuff that can't be good for anyone's ears, all right? Yeah, all like, of them in that one room. Yeah. Did you notice the speakers say lame brand on them? No. They do, yeah. Like where the branding would be on a speaker, it just says lame brand. It is, I mean, the music in this movie is so good. It was written by various different people for them. Their playing is actually, they, they all really learned how to play instruments, like everyone in the band. Um, Michael Sarah, I guess, already knew how to play bass, and they told him to dumb it down so he didn't outshine everyone in the band. He oh had to like. Oh my gosh! Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> so edgy. <laughs> no, I thought it was really cool that they all actually learned, so they weren't just like smacking on their instruments while music played over. Well, Knives absolutely loves them. Then we kind of get a peek into the way Scott's life is. He mm-hmm. is a roommate of um wallace wells which that scene's super funny too like it's showing all the things in the apartment that wallace owns i actually made a note about that too i was like scott's basically just living there (laughs) they share wallace's bed yeah they share literally everything the only thing scott has is his jacket but wallace has a nicer jacket. it does say that yeah it says scott's coat wallace's nicer coat so my thought was like does he not have money why doesn't he have money like does he not do anything for a living which we do find out later that he's quote unquote in between jobs yeah and they they haven't been getting any gigs the band they uh i mean they make several references saying that they're not very good which i think they're awesome but I like, too, that when he tells Wallace about Knives, Wallace is like, I'm not going to tell anybody, and he texts Scott's sister, Stacy, and he's just, he's got a flip phone, so you know he is on point with that, like, T9 texting. That's what it was called, He's T9 just texting. one-handed, like, you know me, like, boom, just hit that mm-hmm. entire text message. Yeah. She calls him, and Anna Kendrick, like, she's super funny throughout the entire movie. You see her in a coffee shop most of the time. She was wearing a um, name badge that actually belonged to the real-life inspiration for the character of Stacy, which I'm specifically bringing this up because in... I'm not sure if it was an interview or it was something specific for the movie, but Anna Kendrick said somebody should put that trivia on IMDb. And so this is for you, Anna Kendrick, if you want to listen to our podcast specifically i put this in there for you get out of here (laughs) get out of here Um, so scott then goes to an arcade with knives the arcade is obviously like foreshadows things later on or maybe you could say things later on or just a reference back to the game that they're playing in the arcade which they are just doing the most on that arcade yeah you can tell they they're frequent flyers there yeah but worst Worst thing about the arcade game is when they finish, he looks at her, looks at the machine, and is like, you yeah, gonna front you... this? Because, like, it's your job to pay. Get out of here. Yeah. I mean, what is it? A quarter? Well, you know, Canadian money. I'm not sure. 
yeah, he's uh, just looking at her like, come on. And you know what else is he lost the game. He's the reason they have to pay again because yeah. he couldn't beat the Nega Ninja. Yep. Which, you know what? The, the, the end of the movie is a, like this is foreshadowing. Yes. The arcade, like, that game is like sort of set up like Dance Dance Revolution. But, you know, she like flips over him and it's yeah. just... I mean, I've seen, like, expert... Is it called Fight Fight Revolution? Was it? I don't know I didn't see called. if it had a name on there. I just, <laughs> no. just made that up right here on the spot. No, I, I didn't see. Um, which, he, uh, that sequence is, like, an entire date with Knives, I guess, or they're spending the day together. I kind of like the way they do it. Like, you can hardly tell that they're switching locations. They'll be walking, and they go to this record store. They go to Goodwill. They're outside, but it all just happens and they continue their conversation. It's not like these are, it's like a very good flow to the scene, I think, of them just continuing. Yeah, with that, um, this is where I kind of thought he was actually a little bit of a terrible person. Yeah. So he not only was like, you need to pay for this. He was, I realized like, what's the name? Clash of the Demon Head. Yeah. Because that was like his Clash ex. Clash of Demon Head, yeah. But he was like, she can't listen to the music. He's like, they're bad. Like, don't listen to them. She, like, turns it back. And then he, she asks him a question and he, like, turns the attention back to him instead of, like, on other things and just wants her to be, like, infatuated with him. And it, to me, it felt like he was manipulating her and she was, like, so innocent that she didn't realize it because she is five years younger. I do think that he has a lot of character flaws, which I think is ultimately the point towards the end that you see that he had to come to terms with a lot of things but yeah i mean he says something to her like you know you were saying about me yeah and she says like you guys rock and she said or excuse me he said um i knew i rocked but i never suspected we rocked as a unit yeah and it's just <laughs> like shut up bruh yeah so you know you also meet uh, Aubrey Plaza's character during that, Julie, and she's funny the whole movie, too. She just looks pissed to be everywhere. I mean, you know, that's kind of something that a lot of her characters are known for, but she, like, has never met Knives, and Knives is talking to her, and she looks just, like... So annoyed. Yeah, just Which completely we find out done. That, we find out that Julie dated the, like, lead singer of the band, mm -hmm. or used to. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of have this on and off thing um, with Stephen Stills, the talent. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I noticed when they were walking is um, they're walking through the snow and there's an X. There's X's throughout the entire movie, obviously, yeah. but that was the first one I noticed. Um, the snow is melted in a direction, or I guess it's just two separate paths, but they cross as an X. I don't know if I've ever noticed that before. I've seen this movie several times, but this last time, that one in particular, I noticed. I did not see any X's until later. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they do come up, like, almost throughout the entire movie, I believe. When he's out with knives, he has a... Well, it's not while he's out with knives, I guess, but the next thing they cut to is he's having a dream about Ramona, which I believe that is another plot point that's kind of just pulled straight from the comic is that's his first introduction to her he just has a dream about her you know she says something 
later on about using his his dream path or yeah i don't know if something. that's a real thing i mean i guess it could be like they do have powers that i mean ultimately in the comic gideon has some sort of power that works like that where he can enter that area but um anyway he dreams about ramona then he sees her i believe delivering a package to the library or something yes he's out with knives yeah um which, man, you're with your girlfriend. You're staring hardcore at this other girl. Knives was like, do you know that girl? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, See? That's... Character flaw. <laughs> so uncomfortable. After that, they end up going to a party at Julie's because uh, Stephen Stills is dating her again. And he sees Ramona there. He's asking about Ramona, and everyone's like, you have to go ask so-and-so and and then it just kind of does like a pan to what everybody's saying about Ramona how she's hardcore how she's a badass she's American (laughs) she's American yeah all of these things and uh so after that he's like obsessed he wants to know like who she is and so next it pans to the house where he's asleep and Wallace comes in super drunk and he's like that girl Ramona the girl of my dreams was there and she, he finds out, Wallace knows somehow that she works for Amazon and Scott needs to order an Amazon package. Yeah, which I did want to say when he's at the party, he um, shows the one guy a picture. He's like, do you know a girl with hair like this? And yeah. it's like the crappiest drawing. It's like stick figure with Sharpie, no color. It's just like a scribble of a general shape of her face. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, no color. Um, that, I guess, was originally supposed to be a photo of her in the comic and then they did that and they thought it was funnier um they also auctioned off one of those for i can't recall the organization that they donated the money to but they did like a 10-year anniversary thing and i think michael sarah like drew another one of those it's just you know crap but that's it's cool to have um yeah for sure but yeah she works for amazon in canada which is again something straight from the comics you'd almost think like that was written in for the movie for something modern or something like that not that the comics old but um i thought that that was funny that he orders that package and is just like i'm gonna wait but also when he orders that package that's when he gets that email about the evil exes and matthew patel specifically yes matthew patel sends that to him which he had not even started dating Ramona so it's like they were like destined to be together because they either that or they're just stalking her so hardcore and they send that email to anyone that like talks to Ramona yeah but um she shows up and when she gives him the package he I mean you know he does his little song and dance he's like there are reasons to hang out with me she doesn't want anything to do with him she hands him the package finally and when he throws it behind him and actually makes it into the trash like that was real they had to shoot it like 33 times or something like that to get him to actually make it into the trash but I thought that was cool they could have just you know easily manipulated that but they actually had him do it that is cool I like that which I wonder what did he order that he just threw away, which in that deleted scene, he does say, you know, it's something really cool. You'd be impressed. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, he just didn't even care. Just threw it right away. And, uh, you know, 
He has money for that, but he doesn't have anything inside of Wallace's apartment. No, literally owns nothing. And also, like, at this point, Wallace and his sister are telling him to break up with knives, and, like, he refuses. Yeah, I didn't want to brush past that, that this whole time he is kind of juggling the two girls, and it is kind of crappy. After that, he goes on his actual first date with Ramona. Mm -hmm. They go walking through the snow, kind of talk a little bit about each's or each other's history. Um, they end up back at her house. I liked when she is offering him tea. Uh-huh. She's listing out the teas, and one of them's called liver disaster. <laughs> yeah, and then she goes to, like, uh, lemon with ginger, lemon without ginger. Yeah. Like, it's just very, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, like, apparently learned that line. Like, they told her, like, we could just give you a piece of paper, I'm assuming in the cabinet or something, that she could just read all the teas. But she was like, no, I'm going to learn all the teas. Like, I want to be able to just say them. And, uh, but, yeah, that liver disaster one, like, that sounds hardcore. <laughs> it does sound hardcore. I also had a flash. You remember when you bought like nine different kinds of teas at the house and I, yes. and you're like, what kind of tea do you want? Like I felt her reading them off in my soul. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, there's not just tea. Like yeah. there's different kinds. Yeah. She goes to get a blanket because it's cold in Canada, I guess. <laughs> but he just goes wandering around her house and like, I get you're cold, but like, this is your first date, and you honestly haven't had too many conversations with this person doesn't, beforehand. Doesn't knock entering the bedroom. Yeah, I mean, she, you know, calls him out, dude, I'm changing, but, like, you know. Then she was about it. Yeah, I mean, she was about it, but they end up just kind of ending the date. It cuts to the next morning, and when she skates away, the ice is melting beneath yeah. her feet. Yeah, Which I don't know what that's about, but I thought that was cool. Probably the very graphic novel part of the movie like it could be there's a lot of stuff they did to try and tie it back to that um one of the things that i read about them is they told the actors to try not to blink too much because it's more like a comic and there's only a few blinks in the movie you wouldn't really like I pay attention to that but i did not um allison pill's character kim for example like she blinks i think exactly once in the movie like, which she has a lot of scenes where they just want her staring like angrily, you know? Yeah. She's great. So after that first date with Ramona, uh, he invites Ramona to the first battle at the rocket. Mm -hmm. um, Knives is also there. Very awkward, terrible situation that, you know, he kind of put himself in. Luckily for him, I guess, Knives passes out, which actually I do want to say Knives was wearing um, a sex bomb t-shirt and it was crap like it looked like it had sticky notes on it but ellen wong actually made that herself and she made two of them and like they picked that one in particular for her to wear for the movie so i thought that was cool i mean it was supposed to look that way but i swear it had sticky notes on the back of it just stuck that is cool and to get out of the situation with ramona he just awkwardly like laughs and runs away like scream scary movie style i believe when he notices them uh talking up on stage that's mm -hmm. when he's like we need to play now and loud like and then we are sex ba bomb yeah and, then and they, they start they play one, two, three, four. luckily she passes out which i mean that song is great i already said it at the beginning like i just love all the music in this um but matthew patel comes flying through he's the first ex for him to fight mm-hmm and I kind of like that they didn't try and 
do some kind of explanation for it. Like, he just starts fighting. Like Yeah, I said he's literally whooping his ass, though. And then yeah. Matthew Patel just continues to be just fine. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of like the way they do some of the fights where they do a little fight before, like, an actual, like, versus screen pops up. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of, like, kind of the last Mortal Kombat game that came out. Like, you do a cutscene, You see people fighting. They're having a full-blown fight. But then, you know, they kind of stop, step away, talk some shit to each other, and then it says, like, versus, and then it's your turn. Like, you take over from there. Yeah. Yeah, so he fights Matthew Patel. He's got mystic powers. He summons his demon hipster chicks. They did the scene in the style of, like, a Bollywood movie on purpose for that. Um, I thought that the fight's super cool. You know, I mean, I could see where maybe parts of that you might have called out as cheesy but I think it all just flows very well with it. After that... They're on the bus because he beats Matthew Patel. Yes, he's on the bus with Ramona, and she's explaining the seven evil exes thing, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, everybody's got exes, but you'd think that'd be like, well, why are they wanting to fight? Why is this that serious of a thing? Which... um Matthew Patel, like, he's crying over a girl he dated in seventh grade, and she mentions they dated for a week and a half. A week and a half in seventh grade, and he's holding on to it. Do you remember your girlfriend from seventh grade? No. Do you? I didn't date in middle school. (laughs) I'm just saying, even if I do remember them, even if I still knew them... Interesting. There wouldn't be anything. Interesting. Um, I actually forgot to mention something I wanted to point out. Matthew Patel, like, when he shoots those fireballs at Scott, he kills some people in the back. You see them turn (laughs) to skeletons. Like, he straight up murdered people. Granted, Scott murdered him. I'm pretty sure that when he's punching these people into coins, they're dead, right? They (laughs) have to be, for sure. 110. I mean, what else... It's given him coins to pay for the video game at the arcade. No, remember he picked up the coins and he was like, it's not even enough for bus fare. I mean, yeah, but I'm just saying, like... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at least the first ex that he fights. After that, you know, Scott finally goes to break up with Knives, and that's super depressing. I mean, I guess it's good he finally did it, but... He only did it because Wallace forced him to. That's true. Wallace threatened him. That's the only reason. Um, so Ramona comes over for that, like, follow-up date at the house, and that scene's always made me laugh when they're eating the garlic bread, and he's like, I could just eat it forever and ever, and she's like, yeah, but you'd get fat, and he's like, why would I get fat? Bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat? Yeah, that is a, that is good. I like when he sings to her, Ramona, Ramona. Like, this is the only... She's like, can't wait to hear the rest of it. And he's like, oh, like, that was the only thing he wrote. Um, In that 10-year anniversary script, like, read they did, um, Michael Sarah like, played the song and, like, sang it again. (laughs) But also, she mentions she dyes her hair. Like, during that date, when she comes over, she has a different hair color. She mentions she dyes her hair a different color every week and a half, Mm -hmm. which, uh, God, her hair has got to be dead. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) But every time they do a flashback, it's not often, but when they do flashbacks, her hair matches whatever her current hair is. 
And so I wonder if she's just cycling through these same, like, three colors. I mean, but either way, her hair is going to fall out. Well, her outfits always match her hair color, too. Like Her, her nails as well. When her hair is green, her shirt, her undershirt under the black is green. And her purse that has the star on it, the star is a different color, too. Yeah. So... When they're at the house, like, she mentions something about his hair. He gets super uncomfortable, puts on a hat. He's like, all right, we should go out. And they go to the movie set where Lucas Lee is filming his movie. Um, Wallace also went there. He mentioned, like, how big of a fan he was. Mm -hmm. Chris Evans as Lucas Lee is fantastic. Yeah. I, as of now, obviously, I envision him as Captain America. And... Even though he's not like this, when I envision Captain America, I imagine the way Loki made fun of Captain America in the second Thor movie. You remember he turns into him and he's like, it's so righteous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how I imagine him. And so to see him in this movie, he's like, I let him do the wide shots when I'm getting blazed in my Winnie. Like, <laughs> it's hilarious. It and, was very uh, human torch. Yeah, I mean, at the time, like, I think he was more well-known for that. I don't believe he had done any Captain America just yet um, in 2010. Um, I don't think Captain America had come out yet, no. Yeah, so um, he, like, I love him in that movie. He's definitely a highlight. Um, I did laugh when he walks up to Scott. He asks for the autograph, and, like, Lucas Lee punches him. And he's like, he just comes back from the punch. He's like, can I have that autographed? <laughs> um, yeah, when he um, finally beats him, he's like, dang it. I forgot to get his autograph. <laughs> yeah. It seems Lucas Lee's, like, power is the stunt doubles. Those stunt doubles were actually Chris Evans' stunt doubles for, like, movies. I mean, you know. That's a lot of stunt doubles. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak for if they're still his stunt doubles, but those were his actual stunt doubles. But, yeah, those... Dudes, I laughed too because I'm not sure if they actually sounded that much like him. They just all did that voice or they just did the voiceover of Chris Evans. But he asked them as he's walking away, he's like, you guys want a coffee? And they're like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, yeah, <laughs> negative. Um, but yeah, he uh, beats him. He doesn't really beat him. I noticed actually, we'll get into the other people, but um, Matthew Patel's the only person that he beats solo. For um, this guy, Lucas Lee, he just goads him into doing this trick that kills him. Uh, he just explodes he at the bottom. Beat, he did beat the stunt doubles, though. He did. You're right. He did beat the stunt doubles. So after the um, battle with Lucas Lee, he goes, I think the next scene, or one of the next scenes, he's like at home because Ramona just kind of disappeared from the set after that. And... He wakes up in bed, and there's three other people in the bed. It's him, Wallace, and then I believe Wallace's boyfriend, and then Stacy's boyfriend that he had, like, hit on during the Matthew Patel fight. Um, But this bad boy looks like a twin bed on the floor, and there's four of them sleeping in it. I think that's hilarious. Um, But then also Knives comes to the door, and that's one of my favorite scenes. Like, he opens the door, you can very clearly see Scott, and Knives is like, is Scott here? And he's like, you know, and then Scott, boom, crashes through the window, just, he just jumps left. through. Yeah, he just left. And he reaches back in for his coat. And, like, and she's like looking. She just goes, oh, okay. 
I mean, she comes back throughout the movie a lot, but it's just sad because she she really seemed to like him and the band. Like, she just was a nice girl. And, I mean, I guess it comes back to what you said about Scott not being a great person. Yeah, she kind of goes a little bit crazy and decides that she's going to try and get Scott back by changing her hair and flirting with uh, young Neil. Yeah, she texts young Neil. It's, like, all you're so Dumb cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think she says you're so hot. It's got like three T's on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Don't um, lie. You probably texted a girl like that back in the day. I never texted. I was a T9 master, but I never texted like that. Mm. Even to this day, like when people text me, and I'm sorry to be a hater here, but when people text me like, uh, I mean, I'm okay with some things like LOL, but when people say like NP for no problem, I'm like, just type out no problem. What you... That's because we're boomers. Because I'm like, I'm somebody not. will be like, WBU, like, what about you? What do you mean? Like, Just type it out. I have what to ask. Doing? Yeah, I know. I mean, in this day and age when the phones are as big as they are and you can type, mm-hmm. like, I'm just like, what do you do? This, I feel that those, a lot of those acronyms were designed yeah. for when it was like the T9, T9 texting. Yeah, back in my day, oh my we God. had to have T9 texting. I, we I, had phones before the iPhone came out. I do not believe that even the younger generation is texting with those acronyms. I don't believe it. I mean, I don't either, but what I'm saying is that's why we're boomers. I don't I mean, I can ask my younger siblings and find out. Nah. Um if there's any younger people listening to this podcast, don't contact us about it i don't talk to kids without their parents around yeah (laughs) you can just you can just comment or you know tweet about tweet about it just tweet about it just tweet about it so after that they go to lee's palace and envy adams is there and uh they do like they open up for her band um the clash at nobody claps it was terrible. Yeah. He says, like, we have merch in the back, and, like, nobody says anything. They <laughs> like, go to the bar, and they ask uh, Ramona if they were good, and she was like... "She said." He says, uh, did we suck? And she's like, I don't know. Did you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and it's like, oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, she didn't say anything. Um, so then Envy Adams invites them to the back. They all go back there, which... It's such an awkward, uncomfortable scene. And again, sad for Knives because she is just excited to be there. She really loves this band and she's happy to be back there. She's trying to ask questions Mm -hmm. and, you know, be a fan. Meanwhile, the rest of them are doing this staring contest. Um, That was because Scott and Ramona realized that Scott's ex, Envy, left him for... One of the evil exes. Yeah, that is kind of a weird... Again, I mentioned it earlier, but it's like they were destined to meet yeah, and all this happen. For sure. Um, Which, terrible thing that Scott... Or, not Scott. Todd smacks the blue out of Knives' hair. And I yes. thought it was so funny that Neil gets all dramatic. He's like, he smacked the highlights out of her hair. He smacked the highlights out of her hair. Yeah, Neil was just glad, young Neil was just glad to be getting some attention from the ladies. Yeah, they do kind of play him off as like this side character, which, um, you know, he's great. He's there supporting them. He's like standing by the amp, snapping and stuff, singing along. But anyway, you know, Scott's had enough and he fights. Yeah, which is crazy because Envy is okay with 
Scott fighting Todd because she's jealous of Scott and Ramona. Mm -hmm. So being like, she's also evil in her own right because she does she doesn't want to be with Todd, but she doesn't want, or she doesn't want to be with Scott, um, but she also doesn't want him to move on and be happy. Yeah, I mean, Envy does seem like kind of, I believe, honestly, in the comic. Envious. <laughs> Envious. Yeah. I believe in the comics that Envy does have a little bit bigger of a role overall, but I, I don't fully recall. Um, it's hilarious to me that his power is being vegan. I actually, his power of being vegan is ama amazing, is what yeah. I wrote. And they're questioning it, and they're like, um, Envy says something like, being vegan just means you're better than most people. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what else is, I think... I saw that, I don't know if he always was, but um, um, Mark Webber that played Stephen Stills, like, he is vegan. And so I, I thought that was funny as well for him to be a part of all that. Um, that which they funny. leave when he's fighting um, Todd. They're like, we're going to go get some yeah, pizza. we're going to go get some pizza. Let us know when you're done. A pizza place <laughs> yeah. or something. Um, but again, I mentioned earlier how he doesn't really defeat anyone solo. He doesn't really defeat Todd. He tricks him into drinking this, and the vegan police come and take away his powers. Yeah. You were, you once were a vegan, but now you will be gone. <laughs> and he questions it. He's like, <laughs> vegan, and he just kicks him. But... No, he he technically defeats defeats Todd. It's just the vegan police take away his vegan superpowers, I guess. and then he kicks him in the face, and he goes into coins. I would say he got the help, which I mean, man. I mean, he did it to get the help. He's like, chicken's not vegan? Well, like, yeah, he that wasn't was his actually fault. <laughs> a vegan. Like, it was his third strike. They say, uh, he's like, gelato's not vegan? They're like, it's milk and eggs, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's so and then good. Envy looks upset that yeah, he's not mad. actually a vegan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, um, that implies that anybody could have vegan powers. It seems they were given to him because they mm -hmm. used a de-veganizing ray. To take away his powers, which I love after he's taken out Todd, it shows the vegan police walking away and they jump and high five each other. <laughs> like, they're doing like this very stereotypical like CSI opening. They, I, I don't know how else to describe, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um. So after he fights Todd, they go to an after party for that battle. Yeah. And he finally fights Roxy, which she did come through earlier in the movie but it's a very quick scene where she's like uh flying over him and yeah. he says like i don't have time for this he punched her in the tit yeah yeah she says you punched me in the boob yeah but um and then uh ramona actually proceeds to fight her but she's like if giddy she says um, if Gideon can't have you, then nobody can. So it's almost like Gideon has control over all of them, and they don't actually still want her, but Gideon wants Ramona. I will say that, like, I don't know what it is, but when Ramona stops the, um, she has, like, that whip thing. When Ramona stops Roxy's, like, whip and pulls out her sledgehammer, I get chills. Like, yeah. it's so cool. Like, I'm so excited for her to, like get in on the fight um she just pulls out that big ass sledgehammer from like her little purse and i loved that fight of them fighting and it is funny too when she says like you know this is league business like he has to fight 
and Ramona like gets behind him and grabs his hands and is like like, fighting fighting for him because he just keeps getting his ass completely beat that night and he's getting um like more and more upset about having to fight the evil exes but then like she's a somehow Ramona gets like knocked back and Scott has to fight her and she's about to like curb stomp him to beat him and She's like, the back of her knee is her weakness. And so he just so slightly, like, pokes the back of her knee and she's done and she explodes. That's such a good way for her to go. There's so many good things about that fight. Like when she says, um, which, I mean, Scott, you know, kind of gross. He says, you had a sexy face? And she's like, I was just a little bi-curious. And uh, Roxy says, I'm a little bi-furious. Yeah. So good. But also she says, um... (laughs) <laughs> like it's like in slow motion she says right before he uh touches the back of her knee your bf is about to get effed in the b <laughs> like, i mean i guess they couldn't say those words they had to not you know go above the rating level i finally just put two and two together with that meant i spent like 15 minutes after that trying to figure it out during, while we were watching the movie yeah <laughs> and i was like what is she talking about but yeah i get it but yeah that fight was great um after that that's when, you know, Scott's kind of a dick. I mean, I guess, you know, I get it. You're getting your ass whooped. But, you know, it was pretty nasty when he said to Ramona, is there anybody at this party you haven't slept with? Well, that's what I don't understand. She said she had seven evil exes. He knew he was going to have to fight and beat them. He's already fought four of them. But the the part of it that I don't understand is she wasn't okay with giving him a list And it's like he just wanted to know who he was going to have to fight so he didn't just keep getting blindsidedly punched in the face, Hmm. which I can also see. Don't get me wrong. Like, he was an ass. But if she would just give him the list, he would know who he has to take on next. And then she comes back and gives him the list. And it's like, oh, this is all I have left. Like, if he had had that from the beginning, he wouldn't be so blindsided all the time. You're right, and the thing is, though, is, like, at least for Roxy, I feel like he should have known. What did he think that was when she was coming at him down that alley in the snow? And he, like, and says... away like a Dementor. Yes. <laughs> well, she... So her power is... I mean, it's a whole thing in the comic, but she's, like, part ninja. And so she does, like, these ninja things. But um, he says... At the bar, right before he really fights Roxy, like, he's like, you're seven evil ex-boyfriends, and she's like, exes. And he's like, why do you keep saying that? Fool, you just saw the girl, like, yeah, I know. earlier. What do you it mean? It was like, that was like the third time he had said ex-boyfriends. Yeah, and, and she, she had corrected, corrected it. it to exes. Yeah. So you knew that there was going to be at least one girl. Yes. Um. So after that, they go to the next battle against the twins, um, and Ramona has, I guess they were not technically broken up that, cause she says something a little later, but she was also at that battle. She was in the crowd with Gideon. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that battle as well. I think it was nice that they kind of did a unique thing. You know, he'd already fought people like the past few exes, but this time they did like this monster battle, which, uh, in the comics, the twins can like summon robots so they kind of change that where they're summoning like creatures in this through the music Mm -hmm. um and i thought that was a cool way to do it rather than just have him punching them again but again i feel i guess i didn't mention it for roxy i don't think he fully beat roxy without 
uh, Ramona's help. And then for the twins, he didn't beat them without the band's help. Yeah. That's because he's not confident in himself, which we kind of get to with Gideon. Yes. Later. Um, but I said, you know, the evil exes are the twins, right? And Scott tears him up with a Yeti. I did think that was cool that they... I like that it was which a Yeti. His, uh, I also like his eyes, like, turn green, and the Yeti has, yeah, like, glowing green eyes. So would you consider that Scott beating him? Because his guitar is the one that, like, lights up and no, projects No, I that. think he needed everyone. Uh-huh. They were all playing, which uh, another X popped up during that scene that I'm remembering now. When they first hit them with that first dragon attack, the stage behind them collapses, and there's the, uh, like catwalk i think that fell behind them and it it made like an x on the stage but after he defeats them he goes outside sees ramona leaving with gideon um we meet gideon yeah you finally meet gideon which gideon in the comics like he wasn't introduced till like one of the last few comics um so it kind of made sense they talked about him a lot but they never really showed you who he was mm-hmm. and Gideon signs Sex Bob-omb to his label I guess or at least to play at his chaos theater I mean the band's kind of crappy for that though the lead <laughs> singer's like oh well signs it you he know the drummer yeah. the drummer gal is like upset at Scott still from dating in high school signs it and then young Neil's like I'm here for the bassist signs <laughs> it yeah like they a little bit wrong for that I mean, I get that. In that scene, Ramona breaks up with Scott, and I'm thinking, like, you were just standing in there, and Gideon was, like, kissing your hand and, like, touching your shoulder. Like, you know, it's a little messed up. Yeah. You could always go back to that Scott cheese on you first, but she didn't know that. Two wrongs don't make a right, that kind of thing. I just was like, you should have already broken up. But also, I guess you could argue that she probably already had the chip in her head. Yeah. That comes up later. Also, when they are out there talking to Gideon, he signs them. When Gideon gives them a compliment, um, <laughs> Stephen, like, pees. <laughs> like, it shows that he started peeing. He did pee his pants. <laughs> I thought that was funny. The G-Man. The G-Man, yeah. Um. So then Gideon leaves with Ramona, and Scott finally goes to the Chaos Theater to have this face-off with Gideon. Mm-hmm. Um, when he shows up, I think it's funny that the band is playing that song and they're saying, we're not having no fun. And their amps that they have, I, I mentioned to you earlier, they amps said lame brand. The mm-hmm. amps that they're playing with at the Chaos Theater say sweet brand. Oh like, gosh. you know, they're in the money now. Uh, they even say a little later on, you know, Kim says, we are sex bomb. We're here to sell out and stuff or make money and sell out and stuff. Anyway, he fights and... He ultimately loses, which comes back to his character flaws. Like, he got the power of love or whatever. Yeah, but I said it, it gave him a Fort Fortnite pickaxe-looking blade. <laughs> yeah. He needed to fight for something else, and also he still kind of wasn't telling the truth about Knives and Ramona. Yeah, he wasn't accepting his own flaws, and Gideon was able to destroy the blade of love with his pimp cane. <laughs> his pimp cane. Gideon also does, like, a hand motion to summon his blade. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you never seen Naruto, but he does, like, a jitsu kind of hand thing. And one of the last moves he makes, he does, like, an X with his fingers. Another X that popped up. I mean, in that same fight somewhere, when he pushes on his glasses, they have the reflection. It's an X. 
Super cool. But uh, Gideon kills Scott, mm -hmm. but luckily... I put that he cheated and stabbed him in the back when he, did. he was talking to Knives, and <laughs> he he deaf cheated on that one. He did. You're right. But Scott loses, and luckily he got a life earlier, which mm -hmm. seemed like kind of a throwaway gag, but it did come back that he got an extra life, so he was able to come back from... He happened to actually, like, when he died, he was back in that, like, desert plain that he saw Ramona in the first time in his dream. Yeah. And she even talks, I think. There's, like, a voiceover of her. But he goes back for his redo. Yeah, I said that the second round, he realized his wrongs mm -hmm. and, like, apologized to Knives, apologized to the band gal, got the band back on his side, apologized to Ramona, and doing all of that, not only gives him whatever his new power was, I forget. Self-respect. Self-respect. Like, he finally respected himself, accepted himself for who he was, noticed that he's not cool, he's not perfect, all of this stuff, and Knives helps him defeat um, Gideon, which throws it back to the arcade at the beginning. Yes, and I liked, I mean, I love his one-liners when, you know, Gideon's screaming as he's about to die, and he's like, I'm what's hip. I'm blowing up right now. And Scott's like, you're blowing up right now. Yeah. So good. I love that shit. Like, I know it seems cheesy, but I just love it. I also like that when he explodes into those coins. The band. Yeah, the band. Steven is like, are we still getting paid? And uh, he starts gathering the coins off the floor and putting them in his shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess Scott has to then fight nega scott yeah like it's obviously you know a reference to the nega ninja it's like mm -hmm. an evil version of him that scott could never defeat in the arcade in the beginning yes and he ends up defeating him it's hilarious i mean did he defeat him though he comes out and they're just talking he's like talking about french toast we'll get to that in my sequel <laughs> well i i kind of asked that too i said uh you know, where did Nega Scott go? Like, he was like, all right, I'll see you, you know, Next tomorrow. Next week for or... brunch. Yeah, where'd he go? Does he have a house? I don't know. <laughs> like... We don't know where Nega Scott goes. I, I don't guess, know. guess that's left up to the imagination. But even after all of that, like, him and Knives are sitting there chatting and Ramona's, like, gonna break up with him. The, like, in order for him to date her, he had to defeat the seven evil exes and free her of the curse and the chip. And then she's just gonna break up with him? Like, that's too dramatic, Ramona too dramatic well so they actually they had finished well i'm not sure they had finished the movie they had filmed that final scene originally before brian o'malley the author of the comics finished the comics there's seven comics i believe he was on like five or something and the original ending that they filmed for the movie he got he ended up with knives and left um brian o'malley said that you know he didn't really like that ending because he felt it took away from Knives' character saying that, you know, she went back with Scott. Yeah. And the way he wrote it when he finished the books is that he ended up back with Ramona. And so um, then they reshot that ending so that they could match that. The books ultimately, you know, I mean, the movie ends there. The books ultimately did end, or the comics, they ended as well in the same way. He never did anymore. He said that he didn't feel like Scott Pilgrim needed anymore. And he might revisit it one day if he ever felt like, oh, you know. After listening to one of our sequel ideas, he probably will revisit it. <laughs> well, it's interesting because Netflix actually announced last year that they were doing an anime series based on it. Now, granted, they could just follow the 
comics fit in all the stuff the movie didn't get in because it'd be episodic rather than just this full length yeah because they're graphic novels right yes yeah. i mean they you know he kind of got inspiration from a lot of um comic books as well as manga so it kind of fits into an anime it can be that as mm. well um that's one of the things i think is really interesting about just scott pilgrim in general is it is like, it goes across a bunch of different media. You know, there's video games. It references the video games. It does stuff like that. Anime, comics, now the movie, all of that. So I'm interested to see what they do with the Netflix series. If the Netflix series were to possibly reach the end, if he were to continue. So. I mean, I'm glad that he didn't end up with Knives because Knives is too good for him. Just saying. Yeah, I read that he actually, they had called Ellen Wong to tell her the change in the ending. And they were worried, you know, she'd be upset. And she wasn't, you know, she was like, I think that's really good. Like, um, but they preferred that ending and that's the one they went with, which I think works best. Yeah. <laughs> I want to play a game. Do, do I win something if I win? There's no winner, really. Oh, okay. It's okay. more of a debate type game. Oh, all right. Between the two of us. All right, I'm down. So in the comics, Gideon asks Scott to join the evil exes, the league. Um, it made me think that it'd be interesting if, you know, Scott was not a character and one of the others had to fight everyone else. So I want to kind of put them head to head and see who you think would win. Possibly debate it if we don't have, um, similar opinions. I might just debate it anyway, even if I agree with you, <laughs> but we'll see. So first off, let's say Lucas Lee versus Matthew Patel. Now, Matthew Patel's powers are this mystic thing. You see he can fly, he shoots fireballs, he summons his demon hipster chicks. Uh, Lucas Lee has the stunt doubles and uh, skating. I already have my answer. Okay, who? who? Lucas Lee. Why? Why? <laughs> who do you pick? Uh, Matthew Patel. You're absolutely crazy. Let me tell you why. Lucas Lee has the stunt doubles. He has himself. He is going to make, what is Matthew Patel's lady's names? Demon hipster chicks. The demon hipster chicks so wound. They won't even want to fight anymore. They'll be like, ah. And then he won't have his mystical powers, and he'll only have the fireballs, which the stunt doubles, hello. They have to deal with things like that all the time. And then, you know, Lucas Lee just comes out on top on this one. Okay. No. Counter no to that. I win. Fireball. Mm -hmm. Seems to obliterate anything. Uh huh. So that's but his the stunt end. doubles like have to deal with fire and dodge all of that. So <laughs> you know, get out of here. I. I mean. No. Nope. He controls his demon hipster chicks. Uh, not when Lucas Lee's there to make him swoon. He's yeah, a I mean, movie Lucas star. Lee's something, but you know, Matthew Patel. Listen, I've taken my stance. I will not be changing my mind. He's a pirate. Pirates are super in these days. No, no he's, he's an insecure pirate. Pirates aren't in this season. Yeah, he's an insecure pirate. All right. <laughs> he has fireballs. I can't imagine how you could say. He Lucas killed. Lee. He turns people to skeletons. Then why did Scott beat him? Scott has uh, plot armor. No, he doesn't. Get out of here. Don't be like, Scott no. won because he has to. Scott cheated. Scott beat uh, Lucas Lee because of the... But Okay, but how did he beat Matthew Patel? That's but okay, so he just beat up Matthew Patel. Oh, okay, so he he had to had to in your words cheat to beat Lucas Lee, 
but didn't have to cheat to be Matthew Patel. Your, why your thought process just, is flawed. Why would not Matthew Patel flawed. just trick Scott or trick uh, Lucas Lee into the same thing? He wouldn't. He says, I have these demon hipster chicks. You know, they'd be really impressed if you were to do this trick. Yeah, he wouldn't. Yeah, because he'd just hit him with a fireball. Because the demon hipster chicks would do it. They'd be like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? We're going to come back to this one. No, we're not. <laughs> Okay, the twins, they summon creatures uh-huh. uh, versus Roxy, the ninja. Twins. Why? Oh, you agree, don't you? I'm not sure if I agree. Yeah, they can summon a dragon, but she teleports. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, she brought that leg up and just slammed it down on Scott. She did, but I feel like in that instance, she would be having to fight the dragons and not the twins exactly. And so I feel like the like whatever the twins summon now, if it was just the twins, I feel like Roxy would win. But they have to summon like demons, and like that's not one of her powers. Couldn't she ultimately teleport to them and just take them out? I feel like that's not the way that it would work. I feel like she would have to fight the the dragons. Like I said, if she has to just fight them, I think Roxy would win. But I'm going off the assumption. From the movie that I saw, because I don't, I haven't read the graphic novel series, <laughs> <Okay>. anime series. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about Todd Ingram versus Gideon? Does uh, Todd have his vegan powers? Yes. Is he actually a true vegan? Let's say that if. I guess let's say he's a true vegan, but the thing about Gideon is. He doesn't really show too much of his powers in the movie, or it's not really explained. I'd like to say that he deserves the benefit of his powers from the comic, which it's kind of hard to explain. He has this thing called the glow, I believe, and he uh, can lock people inside of their own heads, sort of similar to how when Scott died, he was in that desert place. I'd like to think that that's kind of what they were saying there, is that that's what Gideon did to him. Okay, then Gideon. Because he would just lock old boy in his head and then he'd realize that he wasn't actually a true vegan lose the vegan powers and but can a vegan have them their brain like messed with that way vegans are just better than most people i mean yeah i feel like somehow gideon would find a way to tell him that he no longer has his uh vegan powers okay is be gone be gone (laughs) what about uh, Lucas Lee versus the twins. The twins. Oh, okay. Well, then what about the twins versus Matthew Patel? The twins. You don't think the fireball matters? I feel like you're not giving enough credit to this The dragons fireball. breathe fire. Do they? Did they do that? I think they just kind of These dragons smashed. breathe fire. Well, the twins versus Gideon? Gideon. Do you think Gideon just beats them all? Yes. Okay. I can... I feel like Gideon wouldn't have organized this entire group. It's kind of like Voldemort and the Holcroxes. All of Gideon's, like, all the other six X's are his Holcroxes. Mm. I mean, Gideon is supposed to be a genius, and it could be argued that, yeah, he could beat them all. Yeah. Okay. That's what I think. Well, what about your sequel idea? What do you have? Okay. It's a true sequel. We're going to be 10 years in the future. Okay. Okay. 
So they're 22 now, so mm -hmm. low 30s. Okay. Okay. It's called uh, Scott Pilgrim versus Time. Mm. Okay. Um, Ramona, still working for Amazon delivery packages, and Sex Bomb is struggling to make ends meet. So um, essentially, they're both at the same place they were 10 years ago, mm -hmm. except they like live in Ramona's house, right? So, Scott is upset because following the Battle of Gideon, the band had a bit of success, but they've kind of fallen back to right where they've started over the last, you know, however many years. Um, so, he is having dreams of traveling on tour with the band because that's what they think is going to, like, bring them the attention. And, like, the band also wants to go, but Ramona is, like, tired of being an Amazon delivery driver and feels as if she's been putting her life on hold um, to support Scott's unsuccessful dream thus far. <laughs> are you are you here? Mm -hmm. So they get into a fight about this, blah, blah, blah. They ultimately, like, take a break, split up. Mm -hmm. So um, in his sleep, Scott has a dream of when he's first meeting Ramona, and he decides he would want, he wants to be with her more than the band because... If, after all, it's Ramona Flowers. <laughs> It'll kind of, like, my mind would, like, flash back to, like, the first movie, like, yeah. bits and pieces of that. Um, him first seeing her in the library, all that kind of stuff. Um, at this point, in order to get back to her, he has to fight his own demons over the last ten years. Like, whatever, you know, his demons are. Oh, I'm unsuccessful. Like, all of that. Mm -hmm. He has to fight his own demons. And there's going to be seven demons, which is an allude to the first movie. Yeah. Um, and the final boss will be Nega Scott. Okay. Because he never actually fought and beat him. Yeah. Also an allusion to, or allude, is that what it is? It alludes is? to the first movie. It alludes movie. to the first movie, um, because they decide they were going to go to brunch, but, like, he never defeated him, never getting that full, like, sense of self. Yeah. So anyways, after, like, in between each of these fights... Like, I want there to be a flash to Ramona after each one of these fights. Um, and it's going to be her having run into Knives, mm -hmm. insert Knives. Knives is now um, successful in running, like, a media and management company. Okay. Because of how much she, like, Enjoys loves music, music and, and yeah. all of that. But, you know, she became very, very successful. And ultimately, Knives offers Ramona a job to work for the company because she can see Ramona's potential and just kind of wants to help her out. So over all of that time, um, Knives is kind of like teaching Ramona how things go. They become like pretty close friends and Ramona is like successfully learning the business. Um, so Scott beats all of the demons, finds is finally able to get back to Ramona and um, is able to see and learn like how successful she has become. And so before, I feel like Scott would be like, oh, she's so successful. I'm not, like, good enough for her. But now that he's finally beat Nega Scott, yeah. you know, or maybe, you know, he finds out how successful she's been. He's like, oh, I can't do it. And then he fights Nega Scott. And then he's like, oh, I can, you know, whatever. So um, he learns how successful that she's become. And Ramona only did it for him because Knives has decided to try and help out Sex Bomb Bomb. And book them a tour throughout all of the U.S. and Canada. And Ramona is going to be the project leader and go on tour with them, allowing her to coordinate all events, all of the events, 
So they get to be together. He gets to live her dream. She now feels like she has a sense of purpose in life. Okay. The end. I like it. I mean, my favorite thing about it is seeing that win for Knives. Yeah. Knives is, like, uber successful. Yeah. I like and it. And I didn't want, like, Scott to get back with Knives, like, no, any of that. Too much like, of a mess there. And I thought at one point maybe Knives will be with young Neil. But, like, she just needs to be, like, she could have a husband, but she a queen on her own. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because she don't, she better, she don't deserve Scott, or Scott don't deserve her, I mean, so, you know. Okay. Um, if you think it would have a better title, I thought about calling it, like, Scott Pilgrim versus, like, Past, Present, Future, like, I don't know, I couldn't really think of. Well, I cheated for my title, knowing the titles of the books, because mm. each book is called something different, the series is just called Scott Pilgrim, um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World is, like, the third one, I think. But one of them is called Scott Pilgrim's Finest Hour, and that's what I named my... Oh. Which, granted, it it could be argued that's a bad title, because they covered all the books. Like, technically, the Scott Pilgrim's Finest Hour book is covered in the movie. Mm. That was already done. But, um, so I named mine Scott Pilgrim's Finest Hour. I'm thinking Scott and Ramona, you know, a little bit in the future. They're living their life. Things are going well, but then they are attacked by someone I don't really want to reveal who that is, some kind of mystery figure. Um, they barely escape, but they get a message soon after that from, let's say, an Amazon carrier. I, I just think that'd be funny. Mm -hmm. um, it'd be similar to the email. The message would state something like, uh, Dear Mr. Pilgrim, it has come to my attention that your world could become a potential threat, therefore you will be destroyed. So that's threatening. Ramona asks Scott, you know, what are we going to do? Scott says... We're getting the band back together. And then they uh? do kind of like a montage where they're um, getting, you know, all the members of Sex bob back. Wallace, Stacy, Jules, Knives, Negascott, and Envy. Which Envy would obviously be like, that would cause some tension in the movie, but she'd ultimately be on their side. But, you know, that I think could lead to some good moments. Mm -hmm. um, eventually, it would be revealed that they're being attacked by Ramona's evil exes, though they all are going to seem a little different. Something's a little off. They're not quite the same as they were. Obviously, everyone's questioning what happened. You know, we fought them like this should be dumb. Eventually, we're going to reveal that they're coming from an alternate universe and... That's why they're all a little different. You know, I'm imagining some of their powers are a little different. You could even do something funny where they're just a complete opposite or something. But um, either way, just a little different. They're all attacking. And they eventually will travel to this universe and realize that this is a universe where Scott joined the evil exes and took over and is now running the league. Mm. Um, so he'd be the final boss. They could meet the alternate Ramona, who would be solo having dealt with these guys and she could join them ultimately you know defeat this alternate universe but i think the title works the finest hour could still work for what's going on it like i said it could just be argued that doesn't make sense when tying it to the books i like it i could call mine like scott pilgrim i don't know nega scott <laughs> maybe if we knew the name of that game they played we yeah could be named after whatever that is yeah I like how we both alluded to like Negascott in some. I mean, I'm gonna. I would just have him as helping them. Yeah. So which, they stayed friends. Yeah. You know that French toast really formed the bonds of their friendship. They have brunch once a week. Yeah. All yeah, the time. Make, for sure. Probably make mention sure. of that. 
Well, whose is better? Not for us to decide. Exactly. All right. Well, that's our first episode. Thank you for making it this far. We hope you enjoyed. Maybe even enough to share our show with someone you know. Leave us a review or simply come back for more next week. If you'd like to vote on whose sequel idea was the best or if you have a better idea, come by our Twitter at NansPod. That's N-A-N-S-P-O-D. Uh, be easy, everyone, and we'll see you next week.